in this match. If it's a war, you can say whatever you want. I thought I was a cult. I didn't know what was going on. The Fed did. I think New York did. One of your executive vice presidents loves that company. It's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion. going on everybody we are very frustrated because a very big chunk of our podcast just got corrupted and now we are back at it again and um, i'm just gonna put this over here it was really good it was really good there was a there was a run-in uh there was a there was a run-in uh some jokes were made but we just can't recreate them yeah it's it'd be forced and unnatural but we're still gonna do our best to bring you a great show here we're gonna talk about the life and times of pat patterson who we unfortunately lost this past week we're going to talk about Undertaker potentially coaching in the PC. And, of course, we're going to talk about the big news of the week that came out of AEW, Sting, as well as the partnership with Impact Wrestling. Then we'll do the War Report, the full review of AEW and NXT for the past week, and we will wrap up with our War Games review. So stay tuned. Uh, I hope it goes as well as the last podcast did because, like you said, that was a, that was a very good show. There was, that went 100 different directions, and it, 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 all, and it all came back to fit. It did. We talked about Gato and Snoop Dogg and Sonata and ben Samoa Joe and Ben Roethlisberger and yeah. and Mauro Ranallo. We did, yeah. And oh god, a whole mess of things. Scott Steiner ran in. Yeah. Oh god, but we will get there later, and hopefully we'll get there. Never actually. Well, we'll hopefully. Well, one of them we're getting to later. I'm putting that back in. Uh, whether we get to them or not, let's just have a good let's have a good show. Yeah, let's do this shit. So unfortunately, um, last week we lost what many people have said is the most influential, second most influential person in North American wrestling, behind Vince McMahon. Silence your damn phone. That was trying to trying to have a trying to have a nice moment here. My fault. Um, Pat Patterson. So there's so much to dive into with Pat. I don't even know where to start. So let's start with him as a wrestler. All right. Well, that'll be brief because I. But yeah, that's, I haven't watched a ton of his work as a wrestler. There's not a lot of his stuff on television. Yeah. There's not a lot of tapes he, of his stuff. He was a legend in the San Francisco territory. Of course, him and Ray Stevens, all-time great tag team. Uh, I believe at one point before the before the mid-80s of the tag team, like, boom, with the Road Warriors and the Expresses and multiple Expresses. The Express Eye. And the Heart Foundation, stuff like that. They were the best tag team to ever live. Uh, you could certainly make that argument. And, uh... It's a shame that a lot of this stuff isn't on TV, but or isn't on tape. I keep saying TV, but a lot of people say that Pat Patterson was the most spectacular wrestler I've ever seen. They really brought in the fast pace working. They did the false finishes, which would prove to see what his viewpoint of the business was later. And Patterson and the Stevens, and it all comes down to what is on tape, and what is on tape is excellent. Of course, I'm speaking of the alley match. Well, you're jumping ahead like 30 years there, I know. Well, but good job. No, but no continue. Jump off uh, me. They, they, routinely, they routinely sold out the Cow Palace week after week when that actually meant something. Um, As the main eventers, I believe. Yeah. The, the, the Cow Palace was famous for, for tag team matches and battle royals, which probably why he was the mastermind behind the Royal Rumble. We'll get to that later. Um, but like you said, the alley fight, that's, that's one match I think most people have watched. At least I hope most people have watched it because it's... Match of the year 1981, and it could be the match of the year any year since. Yeah, it was like 
That's a match. That's one of those matches you could like Walter and Elia when we were talking about that like a month ago. That's a match you could drop in any era and it fits. Like if I saw that match on NXT or Dynamite in 2020, it wouldn't look out of place. It's the reason it was a tape trader's golden egg. Yeah, uh, because I like I can't implore you enough to watch it if you haven't seen it. You think old wrestling sucks? You think old wrestling's boring? Watch this match. You have all, it, it really proves to show how good Sergeant Slaughter was too, because he fucking bumps everywhere. And they kicked the shit out of each other for about 20 minutes. Yeah, it's about 20, 21 minutes. About long. 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, and I believe that was his last technical match in the company. No? I mean, it, do you want to count the stuff in 2000 with Briscoe and, like, the evening gown match? I guess you kind of have I mean, to, if, right? you want... if we're talking matches, it is a match. It's Although it was the worst match of the year. It should be the worst match ever. I mean... It shouldn't have been. I, there's some 2000 WCW stuff that was way worse than that. But it did get voted the worst match of the year 2000. You're right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think just as much of Pat does have a legacy as a wrestler, his legacy supersedes that. And, you know, as an agent and a booker, not re- I guess to an extent he was a booker. He was one of Vince's, house shows. He was one of Vince's right-hand men. Um, a stooge. I think that's what that's what most people our age tend to remember him on screen for. And that is fine. He was great in the role because him, he was hysterical. Him and, him and Briscoe and him and Jerry were great because it helps that the three of them were actually like extremely yeah, yeah, close friends. Yeah, that, them and Bruce are like the backstage four horsemen. Yeah, they it's, were, it's just it's it's. I feel bad for all those guys right now. Yeah, it's it's gotta like be tough. Vince had to say goodbye to the Undertaker, like his on screen, uh, golden goose, and now he has to say goodbye. To his real life, one of his best friends. Yeah, if not his best, if not his only best. And friend this was a real goodbye, not just yeah. A, this is this not, is not, a, not a gimmick goodbye. Yeah, the, this, yeah. This, he's not past, not coming back. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, uh, but he, I have never heard a bad word about Pat Patterson. Yeah. Uh, ne- well, never mind. But uh, I, we have I, people, people from Austin, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Rock, Kurt Angle. Every single person that came through that thing, Kevin, up to this day, Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn. Yeah, if if you if you just need an example of of how good Pat was at putting a match together, he put together Sean and Kurt at WrestleMania twenty one. Yeah, and that's he put I, together Bret and Austin at WrestleMania thirteen. There's yeah, it's he put together the Iron Man match. He, he cre- put he put together Bret and Bulldog. He put, he, this was his he, thing. He created what we know as the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he's the, the double. The, the he created the double knockout. He created the false finish. Yeah, he was. It's he's he had the mind incredible that, mind for the business and and that's appreciated and you know what and you know what else what might be his legacy he was the first openly gay wrestler yeah and uh, he had a partner named Louis that died the night that Foley flew off the cell and uh, uh, he lived with him for forty years this man had a openly gay relationship for forty years and in times well, when that wasn't exactly to be fair it wasn't openly gay for forty years. He was openly gay for like thirty of those years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I, uh, I believed, and uh, from what I hear, Louis was nothing but a great guy as well. And of course, one of the one of the most legendary moments is when he finally publicly came out on Legends House. Yeah, which everybody knew already. Yeah, but it was it was a big moment. He acknowledged it. Yeah, and I'm sure that wasn't easy in front of millions of people. Yeah, but it, he did it. There's just not enough words to say. Like they they might rename the Royal Match after Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson I, I had this. Be mad at that. Pat Patterson had this idea 
and it's now the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. And yeah. it's usually everybody's favorite. It's my favorite. Who doesn't fucking love the Royal Yeah, Rumble? it's the Royal... Because the thing is, Battle Royals, let's be honest, Battle Royals usually suck. Yeah, they're usually he f- terrible. He found a way to make the Battle Royal one of the most exciting If not the most exciting match from, in all From the surprise entrance to the returns to just the drama. Like, one of my favorite moments in wrestling history was the Shawn and Bulldog. Only one of Shawn Michaels' feet have hit the floor. Once again, another Patterson deal. Just... The dude was a genius. And then I'm not going to speak on stories I don't know, but you have to hear some of these stories coming out, If like whether it be other podcasts just telling Pat Patterson stories, because this guy had stories for years. Yeah. He was just a fantastic wrestler, and by all accounts, a fantastic man. And I just, it's, it's a huge, like, we what does that make this year? We, we lost Pat, Fink, Animal, Kamala. Yeah. Who else? Pat and Fink are huge. Yeah, Pat and Fink are just absolutely gigantic, and that's just a blow to blow to the company. I mean, that's probably two of the most ten important people in WWE history. Yeah, Fink was literally the first ever employee, and Patterson might have been the second. He could have been, yeah, yeah. But I just because Pat was he was a holdover from Vince Senior's career. He uh, made a great a great friendship with Vince Junior, and he changed lives. He believed in people. He from just all this is all secondhand. I never met the guy, although him and Heyman. I think two people. I think two people. I would think that I would like to sit down and talk to. Yeah, I can't now with Patterson, but he's just a legendary river outside the ring. Like I said, we're not the people to tell you this, but listen to these stories. Uh, what's your favorite Stooge moment? Oh man, um, so I love I love when Briscoe won the Hardcore Title and Pat pours the champagne and Frisco's like oh my eyes my eyes and he fucking cracks the bottle over his head takes the hardcore title you can't beat that for me i love that how about yourself when he's trying to hold back china in the corporate rumble <laughs> corporate rumble that's all that's also a great one cuz Shane's on commentary and he goes he goes uncle pat's got this uncle pat's got this and he goes, and pat goes i'm going to hit you with the china <laughs> and he goes oh. Shane goes oh geez, easy pat easy pat and Pat takes an incredible bump from China into the announce table. And it was just just a man that encaptured wrestling. One of from, a kind, man. One of a kind. Has there, ever, has there ever been anybody that good that was that good in and out of the ring? Well, I mean, The Rock's like the highest paid actor of all time. So. In wrestling, <laughs> you stupid fuck. Well, also The Rock, but I, I mean, know. You know You're what right. I mean. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he had he's one of the best wrestlers ever, and he, his in-ring career will never even touch what he did for, for wrestling. Yeah, he's like he's like one, like of the, one of the OG Hall of Famers, class of 96. Do you like a cool finish? He's a two-time That's Hall bad. of Famer, by the way. Yeah. Blonde Bombers and uh, Patterson and Stevens, and uh, Andy's a regular Hall of Famer. You like a cool finish? Thank Pat Patterson. You, yeah. like, you, you, like, you like a big double knockout spot? Thank Pat Patterson. You like uh, a, a, a nicely timed run-in? Thank Pat Patterson. You like karaoke versions of Sinatra's My Way? It's fantastic. Thank Pat Patterson. I was gonna say, I thought you were, you blew you almost blew your spot. There. And the tribute they did for him was very nice. Yeah, and uh, both of them they did for him. That's were very nice. that's how you know that he meant a lot to Vince because we learned from Jay Z that the rights to Sinatra are not cheap. Yeah, and they shelled it out, which, if anyone deserves it, it's Pat. Yeah, and on Friday the Briscoe and Pat or Briscoe and Vince were standing next to each and other. Slaughter too. And Slaughter. Yeah. They're, I think they're they're just the release the video. Sergeant he goes, there would be no Sergeant Slaughter if there was a Pat Patterson. Yeah. Uh, they were all standing there together, just rest in paradise, Pat. You were, uh, this is a big one. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. It's just, it's it straight just, up sucks. I was, it's no I, other... I never thought it'd be that sad for when you texted me that. Yeah. And just hopefully I'm thinking about Vince. I'm thinking about Briscoe. I'm thinking about Bruce. 
all these people that he's these lives that he's touched were just incredible. And but I, I think Stone Cold said it best in his tribute, like Pat's gonna live on forever through what he's left behind. Like we have a Royal Rumble in a month, yeah. and that's thanks to Pat. Yeah, all him. Yeah. Pat and Dick Ebersol, actually. Yeah. Those two people that thought of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, Vince didn't think it would work, and then and then Dick said, well, why don't we put it on USA Network? Yeah. A lot right. of people don't know that. The first Royal Rumble wasn't on pay-per-view. It was a, it was a Montreal, and Pat's hometown, and... Uh, I'll let it slide this time. And uh, it was the highest. It held, it held the record. I was actually just reading about this yesterday. It held, the, it held the cable TV record for, like, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just... That's, that's just, it's just, there's only so much you can say, but rest in peace and your legacy will live on forever. And, and like you said, I, I implore you all to go listen to, I haven't listened to it yet, but you told me it's really good. There's something to wrestle on Pat. Um, He's also the funniest human being ever. I will not ruin anything. I already told you two stories. You but did. Which, which I, I believe them, but they're almost impossible to believe. Yeah. But they're just, he's just incredible. What a life lived. Yeah. Everybody should live like Pat Patterson lived. Yeah. You're, that's and that's he lived, he loved, true. He loved to drink. He loved to have a good time. And that was it. <laughs> Dude, that is a hell of a life. Yeah. So. Rest in peace, Pat. We'll see you soon. So, as frustrated as we are, we have to move along with the news. So let us start with Undertaker coaching in the PC potentially in the post War Games conference call, Triple H mentioned that he was having discussions with Undertaker coaching full-time in the PC sometime in 2021. What do you make of this potential development? There's no possible downside to it. <laughs> you, you don't say. No downside at all, you say. I mean, there's going to be a big downside. He's going to get paid a lot of money to do it, but why not have possibly the greatest, most complete professional wrestler ever <laughs> train younger guys? It's so hard, people. It's not the third time we're having this discussion. Uh, a lot of that's going on in wrestling today can be is missing what the Undertaker can provide. He could teach guys to move around the ring and make moving around the ring meaning meaningful. Yeah, and it goes beyond just him working with these guys in the ring. He could watch film with them, work on character development, which I think is an important thing in wrestling that sometimes isn't always there in today's world. Um he could maybe help book some matches with, with Triple H and Sean. Like you said, I don't think there is a downside to Undertaker working at NXT. Um, the only thing is, when we talked about the rumor of this, would Taker be willing to move from Texas to Florida full-time? Of course, he has his wife, Michelle. He has kids. Like, is that something he'd be willing to do? And it seems like he's at least open to it. So I think that's, that's um, a good thing. And like you said, it could do nothing but benefit the talent that are there in NXT. And I think it would be a phenomenal thing to see. Was, see that I did there? Yeah. Phenom, phenomenal. Yes. Better <laughs> <laughs> than AJ working there. But uh, I just think that, especially the big guys, he can work with all the big guys, and very few big guys wrestle like big guys anymore, and that is something that's missing. And I think he could, I think he can really, really, there's no, I don't think he can hurt anything that's going on forward to that. It's just, it's just, it's the rainbow. It's the end of the rainbow, there's a pot of gold. Lick the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. But... Fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, fruity. It's Skittles. <laughs> like Jim Ross in 2006 reading Skittles. <laughs> oh, JR, we're punch drunk by now. But, uh, oh, man. Oh, I'm just so frustrated. But uh, the WWE Network released a Keith Lee documentary that we both watched uh, 
yesterday. I watched very early in the morning because I sleep like a goddamn maniac. And uh, you recommended it, and I recommend it too, and it's very reassuring. Yeah, so we got the, the whole story of Keith Lee, um, how he got told no time after time after time and, and had multiple tryouts before he even got a shot. I did love the story of uh, when he was a security guard and Vince popped him once and he went down. And Somebody tri- ripped him! <laughs> and, tri- and Triple H and Shane are like, we're not done with this fucking big guy. <laughs> and they threw him into the barricade and kept punching him. And it's like... Who do you think ripped him? Patterson? Probably, potentially. I don't know. Vince hits you, you gotta go down. <laughs> I mean... I mean, it, it, it's believable. Yeah. It's, I, if, if Vince hit me, I'd probably go down, too. Yeah. I'd, the fuck, he's the fucking chairman of the Murder grandpa. He's the real murder grandpa. <laughs> that could have, have a connotation that you don't want it to mean. Uh, everything has a connotation I don't want it to mean. <laughs> the third time we're doing this. There's been, there's been wrong connotations in all three times. They say it's the charm. It, it, it better be. Uh, but Keith Lee, I mean... There's one particular thing I think we both want to talk about here. Yeah. Is the night he debuted for the main event. Everybody, or for for Raw, fucking Christ. But he came out in the weird tribal shirt. Oh, he's outstanding. Uh, he came out in the weird tribal shirt. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, the Sheiky, wasn't it? Was it not? There's, no, it was just like a, it was like a sleeveless. It, like, it, it looked like a, looked like a carpet. It was like a sleeveless Under Armour shirt. No, the yeah. first night he was like in a brown. The shorts were fucked. A brown. The sh- the shirt. What's the shirt? Sh- am I am I insane? Yes. What the, am I not remembering here? This is this is this is not. This is the first time we talked about this part. I'm baffled. What are you remembering? What did he wear the first night he was out? He had the the black and pink like skirt like shorts. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yes. about. Okay. But I, I thought I thought it was Gashiki. I thought it was the shiki or some kind of gi. Gi. <laughs> gi Speaking of, you want to see me my geese later? <laughs> I have my geese right in there. <laughs> oh my god, I, I hate this. I quit. I hate this. I quit. They're right there with all my belts. <laughs> I, was, I was decent at karate. But uh, uh, but after that, he has a conversation with Vince. Yeah. And Vince basically says, uh, you're going to run this place, but I need you to make me believe in you. And uh, Keith said he was ready to do deadlift 465 pounds after that. And, you know, the, the, the theory was when he came out in not a gi or when he came out in that gear and with his generic music, everyone thought, oh, Vince sees nothing in him. Why was he even called up? This is a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. But didn't know it was about to go on backstage. Yeah. It's, Vince sees something in him and Vince still has it, whether people like say it or not. I don't know if he's... See, I don't know if I can agree with that. There's, there's glimpses of Vince still being... Sure, of course, yeah. But, fuck, there's glimpses of ev- there's glimpses in everything. Like, yeah. car- there's glimpses that Carson Wentz can still be a capable quarterback. Okay, fuck off. We're doing it a fourth time. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we are not. I refuse. There's no downside of doing it a fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big downside. <laughs> oh, God. Good God Almighty. Oh, my God. I'm just out of energy. They missed us talking. We put all of our energy. We're talking about strip clubs, Ben Roethlisberger, Snoop Dogg, and fucking Sonata. And Sonata's mama. And Mullet Ranallo. And Mullet Ranallo, yes. And I'll let you all draw your own conclusions from there because I am so pissed. You will never hear that conversation. It is... That's the, it's the real last episode. I don't even have the fucking audio. Yeah, it's just... Oh, good God Almighty. It's like... The, I'm, 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 I'm not a very... I'm a humble man. But this was the Bret Hart and Tom McGee's of podcasts. They were really... It, this was just outstanding. And it all had to do with wrestling. 
Well, <laughs> I don't know about all that, Chief. Is Big Ben not the most wrestling person in football? Well, I guess. He's got the body of a heel. Well, do you forget? He's got the rap sheet of a heel. He's but, got... Do you forget that former 24-7 champion Rob Gronkowski is playing football at the moment? And he's still Big Ben. Still, I, no, I didn't. He's still more. He's still more football than him. Wrestling. Oh my God! This 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 conversation. Everything is football. This conversation was just outstanding, and it's gone. And we were both visibly upset about it. I'm so pissed off. Me too, because this we went for 15 minutes on just on strip clubs and Ben Roethlisberger and a raw in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. How good of a conversation does that sound like? Yeah, it's just outstanding. Oh God. Christ almighty, there was a run-in from Scott Steiner. What the fuck did you say that made me laugh so hard? He said it was the best thing you ever said. Oh. Uh, I don't even remember what it was now. I made an analogy, and I forget oh, what it was. That's good. Oh, my God. It, it, oh, I remember, I remember what I said. <laughs> what did you say? I said Mauro Ronaldo looks like the, the bassist in a very unsuccessful <laughs> Killers tribute band. That was it. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus. But where were we here? I don't even know. Who cares? It's like the fourth time we're doing it. How can we even care at this point? Oh, my God. Sting. It's time to talk about Sting. <laughs> so, anyway, Keith Lee. Um, just watch a documentary. Yes. It's just, watch the conversation with him and Vince. It was good. We recommend They don't it. miss. They don't miss with those things. We had much more to say about it earlier, but... I just forget what it was at this point. Oh, man. But up next, we actually do have to get serious here. Uh, as you know... <laughs> it reminded me of Lance Start again! <laughs> again! Oh my god. Somehow we still had the same transitions. Except you made it this time. I made it the first time. Yeah, and that was just accidental. Yeah. Both of them were, I think. But, oh god almighty. As you know already, Sting signed with Impe- or AEW. What? And, a very, and we'll talk about the exact things that happened later, but time to talk about the quote-unquote impact of Sting signing with AEW. So, this is hard to do again. So... Sting reportedly signed with AEW because he was unhappy with the way he was treated in the WWE. Um, he was uh, he pitched a cinematic match with The Undertaker to Vince McMahon, but Vince reportedly had no interest. Uh, he was unhappy. He was barely ever on TV. And uh, AEW promised him a full-time role as a character. And so he signed with AEW, and here we are. Oh, please don't wrestle. Well, he's going... We already had this conversation. I, I, I know. So, there is a record page on his, on his uh, roster profile on AEW.com. Now, it could just be some geek intern that manages the site and, you know, just put up a Sting profile with, with uh, a record. But it appears, based on what happened, that he's, uh, he's going to be physical in some capacity. Uh, so... I just hope he's protected. Yeah. I, I think he will be. I think he will be. I just... Let only let him work with certain people. They have too much. Well, I don't think he's going to be facing Michael Nakazawa in AEW Dark. Would it surprise you? Yes, it actually would. You know, he would just rub oil all over Sting. So it's, even this time when Sting goes to tuck his chin, it won't work. No comment. I have no interest in seeing him in undertaking a cinematic match. I'm Me glad either. that didn't no, happen. I, I didn't I'm glad either. that didn't happen. But a lot of people did. Yeah, a lot of people did. Which it, it's a lot of people's dream match. Yeah, for some reason. Well, I can see it. They're, they're 70. I meant, I wasn't talking in 2020. I was talking, I can understand why it was some people's dream match. Um, but yeah, so Sting already broke the record for most shorts, shirts. You got me thinking about Keith Lee's shorts now. 
Most shirts sold in 24 hours on Pro Wrestling Tees for AEW. So I think they're, they've already gotten their return on investment for Sting. And, uh, God, this is so hard to do again. Yeah, I just... I don't remember what he even said the first time. I mean, he could, be, he could train with QT and Dustin and... But they're, they're, they're paying him, probably. Yeah. I don't know how much they're paying him, but I'm assuming it's way too much to... I trust Cody will take care of him. Yeah. He's, favorite, he's Cody's favorite wrestler ever. As he was Seth Rollins, too, and then we figured out that really worked out. Stop it. But uh, I just hope he's safe. I don't want to break his fucking neck in the ring. I think they, they know that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't... I think they know, but I don't think they're going to... All right. I think they'll be fine. It's like they're not going to put eggs in the ring with Nia Jax. Like, they know... Yeah. They, they, they're not that stupid. Yeah. I just hope they're not. I, I, I hope they're not. Uh, but uh, something else happened Wednesday night. Yeah. We appear to have a working relationship between Impact Wrestling... And all elite wrestling. So, what do you make of this relationship? What would you like to see from it? And what, no pun intended, impact do you think it will have? I mean, I think it's very beneficial to impact, more so than AEW. Yeah. I think that's, I'm not even trying to knock impact or AEW, I just think that's apparent. And I believe that, it, I just hope they don't screw it up. I mean, I think it's good. I, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of matches I would love to see. I mean, the Good Brothers have a story that they write itself. And... FTR and the Good Brothers, which happened elsewhere, and FTR in the North, FTR in... Well, they better hurry up with that, because Ethan Page's contract is yeah. up next month. But, and I just I just hope everybody does not get thrown into the same pot. They need to be separate, but I'm okay with them. I'm okay with them working together. Uh, it just seems to be a strictly Kenny Omega deal. But like I said, I think it only could benefit Impact. I think Impact's viewership is going to go up by over 300% coming into this too, uh, tonight. So you think they're going to get at least 400K? Yeah. I could see it. Because I know I'm only one of them. I haven't watched Impact since 2008. That's fair enough. Yeah, so I'm um, at least interested enough to see it. So it's reported part of the deal in setting this whole thing up was setting up a match for the Good Brothers in AEW. It would seem that, that the direction they would go is Impact Tag Team Champions... Good Brothers, taking on AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Uh, what do you make of that? Is that something you have interest in? I just hope the Good Brothers destroy them. Well, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it will. I think I think the Young Bucks would probably come out on top, especially if it's a one-off. Yep, and they'll be they'll be burying everybody just like just stop like stop it. Just the shovels. Dead. Stop it. Just just just, just shovels. The, the Young Bucks were like geeks for like the first year of AEW. They're geeks now. Well, they are, but. They're just real life geeks, and that's the real life geeks now. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But no, they, if you kick Tony Schiavone, you're a geek. I don't know what the correlation there is, but okay. And on a completely un well, not unrelated, it's very much related, but not related to AEW and Impact. Um, when asked about the relationship in a conference call, Triple H said WWE is open for business in regards to working with other companies. Crock of shit, just trying to save face, or do you believe him? I believe him. I think if he... If wow, he, you're really trying to get those checks from fucking Stanford now. I do believe him. And when I say working with companies, I don't mean, hey, let's fucking buy Evolve. No, I mean, like, I you can't see a talent swap in New Japan in the future? No. I can't. I, I'd love it, but I can't see it. Like Okada for Rollins one night? No, I can't see it. I can. I think they know if, they're, if this is going to start happening, they'll try. I. They've done it before. Yeah, when they weren't publicly traded or on national TV. They did it in 2009 with Sting or with Christian. That's not the First of all, that was 2012, and that was not the same thing at all. They got Ric Flair for a Hall of Fame ceremony to give Christian for an Impact Hall of Fame ceremony. I, I guess that's true. That's not the same fucking thing at all. No, it isn't. But I, I don't know. I, I, 
I think you had to say it. I think no, I I agree. But I think you had to say it, but I personally think it's a crock of shit. I think I believe him, and I hope it happens. And I'm not. I think if Triple H had more pull, it it may happen. But with oh Vin- no doubt about that. But with Vince in charge, it's no one loves territory wrestling other than Cody more than Triple H. I I just I I don't see it happening, and the main reason is, what's the benefit for WWE? That's true. Like there. What's the benefit for AEW here? But see, the difference is AEW doesn't have stockholders to answer to. And if AEW loses a couple million dollars every year, it's not going to put them out of business. The cons have the money. Like, this is Tony Khan's passion project. You know what I mean? Like, if it loses money, it's not that big of a deal because he has the money to put into it. He's doing this because he's, for lack of a better term, a mark. And fuck, if I had them own money to fucking own a major league wrestling uh company and get it on cable tv i'd do it too yeah so he doesn't the benefit doesn't need to be there for AEW. the the tony khan said he wants to make the wrestling world a better place and if he wants people to believe him he has to do shit like this because like you said this is going to help impact and the wrestling world is at its best when there are multiple companies thriving and making money and you know this wouldn't happen if AEW doesn't step in and say hey have Kenny Omega on your show. Hey, let's work together a little bit. Let's put the Good Brothers on TV. Okay, I agree with that completely. I mean, I just, like I said, I hope everybody's not going to throw into the same pile here and get picked out. But I, I would like one person to be in charge, and that's what I'm worried about. I don't think it's going to be as full of a crossover as you seem to think it's going to be. I hope be. it's not. I don't think it's going to be. Okay, well, that's good. Then. I don't think... I don't think as we, ju- we just don't know the extent of it right now. Although, as much as it would benefit AEW for Jordan Grace to walk out on Dynamite and, like you know, win their title. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be as full of a crossover as you think. I think it's going to, and I think they're going to do the Kenny storyline. And when it wraps up, the crossover will be over. I don't think this is going to be like, but you made a point in the first time this around. They need some sting footage too. Yeah. Yeah. Because WWE owns all of the WCW. And of course the, the three matches he had in WWE, they own all that footage. So now they could show them some footage of him in TNA and be like, Hey, this is sting for the people who've never seen sting. Yeah. I agree completely. But I just, as as infuriating this is, we're going to have to move on to the war report in the next segment. Yeah, this is very disappointing because we talked for an hour about this shit. It was, what, it was like was, 53 minutes, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then, oh well, shit happens. But hey, we'll try to make up for you. All we could do is move on and try to have the best show possible. So we will do that. The war report is coming up next. So stay tuned and stick around for that. All right, we're going to fucking try and turn this show around. I... I feel like I shouldn't have to apologize for that news segment. No, I, I don't not know if fault. it was. Well, I don't know if that was even bad or good or whatever. I have to listen to oh. it. You know, like most times, most times we do the show. I don't know if what we did, like I don't know, like how our how we came across, unless it's really awful or really really good. And like, trust me, there are times where we'll finish recording and I'll just go, "That was the fucking shit." And I'll usually agree. Yeah, and like we're we're honest with ourselves. We're we know we are very amateur at this. Like we're not. I don't think either, or no. I don't think either of us think we're Joe Rogan. No. I don't think either of us think we're we're Conrad Thompson. Oh, no. uh, what a life that man lives. Yeah, it's just outstanding. I've heard some stories first. I've heard some first-hand stories. Me, me and Conrad both drive Benzes though. So. And I, I heard some first-hand stories from a Conrad buddy. That's just incredible. That's when I was sharing a cigarette with Red Shoes. His is probably an AMG though. I'm trying to get there. I'm working on it. Yeah, he has money. Yeah, he <laughs> certainly does have. There's one thing that man has. It's money. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, like we we apologize. We did the best we could with it. 
And then it doesn't help that I completely shit the bed when we tried to redo it again the first time. I completely skipped over something that wasn't supposed to be skipped over. So I'm going to do it It's my time. fault for bringing it up. No, it, no, because we couldn't talk about... We couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't do the Sting and, and Impact thing and then go back to Keith Lee. We, we, yeah. we couldn't. So, let's go to the War Report now. As always, we'll start with AEW. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's... And AEW is a very fun show, so I think it'll be easy to do that. I don't know if you agree... We probably don't agree because I know you got you got something. It's a whole other conversation I didn't hear. Son of a bitch. All right, let's go. Yeah. Although I did like this show. So we kick it off with the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. Um, the competitors were Miro, Hangman Page, John Silver, Scorpio Sky, Sean Spears, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, Kip Sabian, Matt Seidel, Serpentico, Jungle Boy, Luther, Alex Reynolds, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, Joey Janela, Lee Johnson, MJF, and Wardlow. So I'm not going to go over every elimination one by one. I We don't have all day to do that. Um, so we will go down to uh, the nitty-gritty. Miro had a hell of a run beating people up, being the Bulgarian brute that we all know he could be. And I'm surprised they used that word. Yeah. J- JR describes him as the Bulgarian, this, this, this Bulgarian brute. Well, I'm, I don't know if they told JR to do that. He might just went rogue. Yeah. Um, but eventually the inner circle dumped the Bulgarian brute. And then they set their sights on Jungle Boy. Uh, Guevara and Jungle Boy have a great exchange on the apron. Um, MJF shoves them to the arena floor. Mmm, tension. Mmm. So then we are down to Orange Cassidy, who got posted and roll and went uh, over the second rope, not over the top rope, so he was never eliminated. So he comes back, and we got Orange Cassidy taking on Wardlow and MJF by himself. Yeah. Can't, can't say I was the biggest fan of this. No. Um, eventually, uh, Cassidy was able to eliminate Wardlow. Yep, you heard me right. Orange Cassidy eliminated Wardlow. And Orange Cassidy and MJF will meet on, uh, this week's show for the ring, and that it's is... It's only a two-week battle royal in history. Well, no, the, the last year's is also a two-week battle yeah. royal. I just, I just, I don't like battle royals. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, we actually did talk about yeah. this earlier and didn't lose that conversation. Yes. So. Battle royals are just usually a mess. Yeah. Like only one or two things happen. Up next, Frankie Kazarian taking on Chris Jericho. Um, the first time that these two met in singles action. Uh, they sang Judas. Um, I, uh, it would be funnier if you go- <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that would be a lot funnier if you guys heard what... <laughs> that went off accidentally in, 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 in the scene oh, that we lost. Couldn't have been more fucking perfect. And I jumped through the roof because it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> So, Kazarian takes the fight to Jericho. Leg drop on the ring apron. Um, Ortiz tries to run interference, but uh, Kazarian runs him off. Hager distracts uh, long enough for Jericho to hit a code breaker. They go to commercial. We come back, and Kazarian gets his knees up to block a lion salt. Uh, leg drop for two. Broke out the flux capacitor like it was 2017 TNA Impact here. Um, he used Jericho own walls of Jericho against him. Ortiz tries breaking it up, but uh, Hager orders him back as the inner circle continues to not get along. MJF and Wardlow arrive with the towel. Now, how many times did you do a fucking? No, towel no, 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 no. It was it's good. The problem was the commentators didn't say, "Oh, this is the way you did to Cody. This is how he screwed Cody." You think 
that's something they'd bring up. Yeah, you're right. Because I had no, I thought him with the towel was like really good because that's how he fucked Cody. You're it's right. Like, is he gonna? I did fuck, not think about it this. Is way. he gonna fuck? Because because the commentators didn't bring it up. Yeah. Why didn't they bring it up? Well, I do have to say, when we do our year end show, which we are going to do one, I assume. Yeah. And we will say what could the future? I they got to fix their commentary. Their commentary's awful. It's fucking awful. Although I did think Jim Ross had a good night. No, Jr. When when he's on, he's he's just not consistent. Yeah, he's he's just, Vince McMahon. He doesn't care half the he's, time. He's Vince McMahon. We just had this conversation about Vince. He's just not. He's not Jr. anymore. But when he is, he's he's still Jr. He's still yeah. Jr. Yeah. If that, I no, know I that's very very. No, I, vague, I get what you're saying. It's 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 just they should just leave him out for the. Uh, and you know what? If Callis joins the team, let him do what Jr. does and bring Jr. for the pay per views. Yeah. Let him do that. Give him the Goldberg entrance. Give him, give 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 him the. Uh, the, uh, the Fuck, give him the Goldberg schedule. That's what he really needs. <laughs> I agree. Two matches a year for eight years. So Sammy comes out and stops MJF from throwing in the towel. Jericho sees all of this and almost gets uh, rolled up by Kazarian multiple times. But then he hits a Judas effect out of nowhere to get the win. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was bad either, but we do have to talk about the obvious. We've been making fun of what Jericho looked like for... What are we, over two years in now on this podcast? Yeah. Like, like one year and nine months of this, because he's just hilarious to look at. This was the first time he wrestled fat. Yeah, he's... He does, he does not look good. And this is coming from me, who is fat, so I'm kind of an expert in the subject. Neither of us are Adonis's, I will say No, that. but, like, I am not the Adonis. <laughs> we are Alanis's. Yeah. But, uh... I just you didn't see what I did there. I did see what okay, you did there. I was I expecting more of a reaction. I, I, it was good. It was, you know, sold it. It was good enough that I didn't want to ruin it with a comeback. I respect that. And uh, his belt broke. <laughs> First spot in the match. <laughs> and I I don't want to make fun of somebody because for the I don't want to body shame anybody. No, I I'm I'm fat. You're not exactly not fat either. But I just <laughs> I, that's a fair way to describe you. Not exactly not fat. And. <laughs> And I don't know if I should be offended or like, or I mean, you're not wrong, but well, you're not like fucking suited up. You're not no, like, no, no, I'm not. I don't have Ricochet's abs. You're relatively doughy. I could, I could be described that way. And, uh, I just, I'm an expert in the subject of being fat and he was blown up. He was, he was out of breath. He was, he was the, he, 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 too much vodka and, and, and cheeseburgers, but that's a whole different, but he just, I, I, does he just not have it anymore? Is this just, or is this just a period? You gotta say he's fifty years old. Yeah, he, like he just he, turned fifty. Yeah, he's just turned fifty. He's been in the game pretty consistently for the last thirty years. Yeah, except for the what three years he was off from WWE doing Fozzy stuff. Yeah, but I just he's got to tighten it up because he's the star of that show. I'm sorry, and he needs to look like the star of that show. And I'm not a body type guy. I'm not. I'm not Vince McMahon, but you can't wrestle fat and be. The demo god, you know what I'm saying? Do you think he just doesn't care anymore? Like, what do you, what do you, do you I think he's collecting a check? I just think he's riding, I think he's riding the legacy of, the Chris, legacy Jericho. of Chris Jericho, which I don't necessarily blame him. No, not at all. But, like, he can't be in every storyline wrestling like this. And it was fine because he's good enough to make it fine. But, I, I, like I said, I don't want to fat shame the guy, but he just he wrestled fat. So, afterwards, we find out that the Inner Circle set up an ultimatum for next week's show. Do we dissolve the Inner Circle, or do we keep going? They have to keep going. Yeah, I don't... Like, I don't see it. If they dissolve it, it's a failure of a storyline. One of the biggest failures of a storyline ever. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to see where it goes. Yeah. 
Um, next year, unless, they, unless like they they break into which would not surprise me at all. <laughs> like inner, like inner, inner circle, circle the musical. Back. No inner circle. Oh, inner back. circle. <laughs> <laughs> what? They have enough for a Latino inner circle. Stop it. There, there was an LWO. Am I, I know, wrong? No, you're not wrong. But stop. There's it. enough. But they weren't actually affiliated with the NWO. They were. Were they not? A, no one even really knows. They're a spoof. This whole fucking company's a spoof. <laughs> stop it. But the, yeah, there's the, the, I guarantee there will be an uh, inner circle wolf pack. Up next, Britt Baker taking on Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch, the last time we saw her, she had a fucking fantastic match. And she had another really good match. Her and Britt Baker had a hell of a contest. Um, so Hirsch has advantage early. She outwrestles Britt Baker. Um, Britt gets the uh, advantage right before we go to break and has control throughout commercial. We come back and we see Hirsch uh, wiping Rebel out after Britt pulls her in the way of a uh, maneuver. Britt delivers a sling blade on the floor and locks in the lockjaw, but Hirsch escapes and gets an armbar of her own. Britt fights out. It's a nice pump knee from the, from the, to the face, not from the face. If you had a knee from your face, that'd be weird. <laughs> That's what Jericho's next child's going to look Stop like. Stop it. <laughs> All the booze. Hirsch goes to the top rope, but uh, Rebel hops up in the apron, just provides a distraction and allows Baker to knock her into the middle turnbuckle. Fisher, woman's neck breaker, and the lockjaw for the victory for Britt Baker. Afterwards, Thunder Rosa hit the ring, attacking Britt Baker, and it seems like they're continuing their feud. Good. Good stuff here. Yes. Very good. And here we are. Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen taking on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Why is his name Powerhouse? I, that's what his name is. I don't... I, can, can, can we create a character? Can I be, can I be Porterhouse Hobbs? <laughs> oh, I'm just punch drunk now. So, Rhodes and Allen isolate Starks early on, work him over. Uh, they keep the strong powerhouse out of the ring. Um, Baby faces have control. Also, commentary said the words powerhouse. That's his name. 700 times. That's his name. They couldn't say Hobbs. They just kept saying powerhouse. No, because if they say Hobbs, they think of Hobbs and Shaw, and no one wants to think of Vin Diesel while watching AW Dynamite. Vin Diesel's not in that movie. Roman Reigns is, though. <laughs> so That's true. Rock. That's true. But I think of Vin Diesel when I hear Hobbs and Shaw because I've watched one Fast and Furious movie in my life. <laughs> and then, trust me, the, the other nine are equally as bad. <laughs> the next one's on the moon! Cameron Grimes! Uh, Chris Statlander's going to be up there. We'll finally get that <laughs> NXT AEW. Stop it. <sighs> where the fuck? Where the fuck were we? The, we go to commercial, we come back. Um... I, I can't even continue. Oh, we'll just get to the end here. No, no, I got it. All right, go ahead. So, uh, Alan gets clotheslined by the powerhouse. Uh, he sends Alan in the guardrail, then he teed off on Alan and ta and finally legally tags in. Hobbs and Starks, not Hobbs and Shaw, Hobbs and Starks work over to the core of Darby Allen, and uh, Alan finally makes the hot tag to Cody. Um, the American Nightmare hits the Cody Cutter. Um, Alan tags himself in, Rhodes is a suicide dive, and Alan hits the coffin drop on Starks for the win. Coffin drop finally beat somebody. Hey, didn't he, win, he didn't win the title with it, he, he no, had the mouth shot. for some reason, I don't know why he didn't end, and he hit a beautiful coffin drop. Yeah. After the match, Team Taz attacks, and then we get snow, we get spooky birds, and we get Sting! There is <laughs> spooky birds. That just made me laugh a little. But can I say something about the match first? Sure. It shows you who's good and who's not. They hid Hobbs' weaknesses 
extremely well. As they should. Yes, they, they did this. They, he, he worked how he should work. Yeah. And that surprises me for this company. That's and, and, that, and that's not even me saying anything. Does it not surprise you as well? Oh, I thought Hobbs is one of the guys they've actually done a really good job with. So no, yeah, I I can't say anything. I mean, because he's he looks like a he looks like a lot of a, a lot of people that that company does not have. Although I I don't understand why if they were going to make him a heel, they told the story about his brother getting shot in front of him. Because how do you not root for a guy that saw his brother get shot in front of him? I don't know. People root against Bobby Lashley all the time, and he got he he got shot. But I, WWE doesn't really do right. that up. They didn't play that. Yeah. Maybe the decision wasn't made. I, it doesn't bother me. Because Bobby's a heel, so why would they play it up? <laughs> uh, that doesn't bother me that much. It could have been before the decision was made. Taz could have said, no, give me that guy, brother. I guess it's possible. You know what I'm saying? And Taz is the right person to work with him. I will say, we, we, we had our conversation. I don't remember if it was the first or second take. I don't remember if this actually made air. We were talking about how Sting was never really particular at either of our favorite wrestlers. That was a cut one. So... But there is something when Tony Schiavone said it's Sting, I got goosebumps. It's the last conversation we had before we realized we lost the file. Yeah, I, 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 I got goosebumps. Yeah, no, Tony it, it was Sting. great, but I just I don't have a connection to Sting. I no, know people me do. Too. Me too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know you know what I mean. Yeah. But, like Stings, we're just not of the Sting generation. Yeah. Sting, Sting, like we. I was born in '95. You were born in '96. It was Sting's run was already almost over by then. And by the time we're thinking, we realized what's going on. We're forced two thousand, and I. I I'm, if I was watching, if I was watching WCW in 2000, my parents would have had me taken away. He was coming out to seek and destroy by Metallica by that point. Yeah, it's a good show. It's a good song. It's a great a very, song. Very good song. Not sure if it's Sting though. No, it's not. There's two. There's two Sting themes. A man called Sting. Goat. Which is phenomenal, <laughs> and the crow theme. The the, the creepy. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> He's just now. Now he's now he's just relegated to the rafters, but yeah, no. Hearing Shivani scream at Sting again, and as a wrestling fan, him wrapping up his career on TNT, Be, it it's, it's, it's cool. Yes, it's, it's nice. Real cool. It's a really I nice acknowledge match. it, but I'm not going to say I have this personal huge connection to Sting because I don't. Right. I just don't. Right. And like I said, we weren't supposed to. Um, I think the key for all of this is they have to find a way to not overexpose Sting. Because say what you want about WWE using legends to bury their current talent, which they have the reputation to do that. And then sometimes their current talent, who is also a legend, throws on night vision goggles and buries the legends. <laughs> he's, getting his, he's getting revenge for the boys. He said, you want to fucking come in and beat the Fiend in a minute? I'll, I'll beat up Ric Flair. But he can't take bumps. I have to use night vision goggles to pretend. I wonder if you get any of them. I don't think so. You think Big Show's taking bumps in the dark? <laughs> You think Big Show's taking bumps? Although the last bump we saw him take was he went through the fucking ring. Yeah. So I just, I like the Big Show. Who doesn't? Um, but yeah, like the WWE makes Goldberg special. Goldberg's not on Raw every week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like when, and I know a lot of people dislike Bill Goldberg. I can't say I'm the biggest Bill Goldberg fan. But when Bill Goldberg shows up for a match, it's either a really big show or Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like, or a really big show in Saudi Arabia. Because any show with that trophy on it is a big show. That is true. And you don't even have to take your hat off to compete. You don't even have to take your hat off to win it. That's, I don't wear hats, but... I wear hats sometimes. You do wear hats sometimes. You wear designer hats. I, Supreme's not designer. You're it's right. streetwear. You're right, but... Uh, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but, <laughs> you uh, don't say. Uh, but no, I think Sting's current like health status 
make sure he can't handle Gilbert's toes. But you know what? You know what I can't. But we don't know if some doctor cleared him. You're right. Because you know, Edge got cleared by do, some doctor. Do you somehow. know what can't happen? What? They just can't throw him in the rafters for the sake of throwing him in the fucking rafters. They they can't be like, oh, there's Sting. Like, I mean, to be fair, I think. Darby in the rafters all these months wasn't by accident. No, absolutely not. It's like they knew what they were doing. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And he he gave Darby quite the look. Yeah. He gave Darby quite the look when he got in that ring. I, I have a feeling those two will will find each other again. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think that it's very different in any way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't get the I don't get the comparisons. I never will. Yeah, me either. I mean Darby, Darby doesn't even paint his whole hundred pounds. And yeah, I mean, I mean, if you get if, you, if Darby Allen and Thunder Rosa get married, Sting gotta, could give one of them away. You, the you, you got a full, you got a full, you got, you got, you got one a full, full face sting. of paint. Then you got a full sting. Or, or you know, it's twenty twenty. What if Darby marries Dustin? Then we got a full full set of face paint too. Yeah, you know what? I'm in. What is with this? Hat? And Sting was red at one point. So Sting was red. Yes. Wolfpack Sting. I think. Yeah, I, no, I, I yeah, you're right. Wolfpack Sting. Yeah, you're right. That was a thing. Another goat theme song. But uh, That was a thing, Sting. That was a Sting thing. Uh, I just, like, they just can't be like, oh, there's Sting in the rafters checking out this uh, Nia Ro- Nyla Rose match. Like, you know, just... Do, do you want to know the biggest reason why I was never a big Sting guy? Why? Because fuck Scorpions. Oh, yeah, you know what? And he, he, he changed the move's name to the Slop Drop. From the Slop Drop to the Scorpion Death Drop. Oh, he's evil. And he changed a Texas Cloverleaf to the... Sharpshooter. Not the a Texas Sharpshooter, you're right. To uh, to the Scorpion Deathlock, although I'm a big fan of Stinger Splash. Yeah, who isn't? He just gets up there. And, yeah. Remember, Shelton used it. Yeah, but I think they still called it Stinger Splash too. What do you think he says next Wednesday tomorrow? I don't know, but people are gonna tune in. I say he says Showtime and Woo. I think those are gonna be two things. What if he just comes out as Stuart for Sting next week? <laughs> if they get the rights to Man Called Sting, I will be all for it. Me too. He's, he's just phenomenal. So, main event, though. And here we go. Don Callis joins the commentary team for the main event. Um, John Moxley and Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship of the World. Um, I will say it was a big fight feel. And I like the fact that they said TNT would stick with us past 10 o'clock, and it didn't go past 10 o'clock. Because one of my biggest pet peeves about AEW is, is they will say, like, whenever they say, oh, if this match goes to picture-in-picture, picture, we'll stick with it. That fucking tells you the match is always going long. Yep. So I, lo- I legitimately love the fact they said, we will stick with this past 10, and then it didn't go past 10. I, it's such a small detail, but it made such a big difference. Yeah, because it, Maybe it, it was just me. It makes it feel like a fight, not like a pre-scripted thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and if, if they would have said, hey, we're going past 10, and then they went past 10, I would have hated it. Yeah. But I love the fact that they did that. Little things. Little yeah. things. As we said at our at our fandom level of wrestling, I'm not saying we're experts, but we know more than the average wrestling fan, and uh, those little things really make a difference. So chain wrestling early. Uh, we're just gonna say something real quick. Mox could a hell yeah of a promo before with the, with the, with the Pat Patterson touch. with the little nod to Pat Patterson. Do anything one left to do? Go outside, they can go absolutely banana. Yeah, and that was a real nice touch to me. Yeah, and he gave a little wink, so that that, that was awesome. And then the match happened. So they brawl, they go to commercial, we come back, Omega hits a dragon screw in the ropes, he drops Moxley knee first in the guardrail, then he started working over Moxley's ankle, knee, the whole leg, um, German suplex finally by uh, Moxley to start his comeback, he hits Omega with some knife-edge chops, Omega's chest turns red, uh, 
Moxley charges, Omega gets out of the way, and wipe and gets uh wipes him out with a plancha. Back in the ring, uh Moxley hits a paradigm shift, and he didn't go for the cover, which kind of pissed me off. Instead, he went and grabbed some steel chairs, and I bet there was steam coming out of your ear at this point. You know I hate this. Yeah. I hate that spot. I hate it's so indie. Why it doesn't need to be in this match. This so, match could have been better without it. I hate the sit and hit me. I hate that spot. So as as you kind of said, they set up the chairs. And they both sit on the chairs, and they start hitting each other. Um, the champion rocked Omega out of the chair, but then he hit a V trigger and a Snap Dragon. He hits he crushed a, him on the V trigger. He hits a second Snap Dragon, goes for another V trigger, but uh, Moxley misses and Germans him. King Kong Lariat, another paradigm shift, very close near fall. Uh, Moxley try uh, Omega rolls out of the ring. Moxley goes for a tope, but he but Omega hits a. Mid-air V-Trigger, which also looked pretty good. Um, then Omega hits the Tiger Driver 98 in the ring for a near fall. They start teasing finishers, and they keep countering each other's stuff. Omega finally hits a Ripcord V-Trigger for another near fall. They go to the floor. Moxie hits a Paradigm Shift into the ringside heater. And this uh, causes the referee to call the doctor. Then all of a sudden, Don Callis gets up. He grabs a mic. The production botches and the mic isn't on at first. He's telling uh, Mox that Omega's hurt and stop, stop, stop. But uh, uh, Moxley hits Callus. The microphone flies out of his hand into the ring. Kenny grabs the mic, hits Mox in the head with it. No, that's not what happened. Watch it again. Mox, he, Mox hit him, and when he went down, he flicked the mic to Omega. That's what I said. No, he said it would fly into the ring. It did. Okay, you're right. <laughs> Continue. What the fuck? Is that, was that not the same thing? Not really. Go ahead. Explain. Never mind. Go ahead. No, no. You want to... You made it sound like it was all accidental, not on purpose. It was very unfair. Well, it was accidental. You're, no, it was on purpose. Watch, watch. Do you not see my finger quotes? What the, they don't see your finger quotes. I think they're smart enough to know what the fuck I mean. All right. Continue. You're right. So, Omega hits him in the head with a mic. Barrage of E-triggers. One-winged angel. The match is over. And uh, then they go to the through the back. Tony Khan's yelling at them. Bunch of geeks are yelling at them. They blew off Tony Khan. <laughs> Can you blame them? No. Uh, Marvez asks, what's going on? Um, Calla says he will tell you on Tuesday. But Marvez has the comeback of the century. But Dynamite's on Wednesday. Now he's going to tell you an AEW dark dipshit. <laughs> but uh, Callis clarifies saying, Access TV, Tuesday Night Impact. You'll hear all about our plan. And that is how AEW Dynamite went off the air. Interesting finish. I like how Callus runs. He runs like a little rabbit. They got the wrestling world talking. They can't, did. Can't say that. It has me interested, to say the least. Yeah. But, okay, NXT time for the black and gold brand. NXT, the go-home show for War Games. Uh, we opened with a tribute to Pat Patterson. Very nicely done. They got the rights to my way, as we discussed in the Pat Patterson uh, segment. So we come back to the ring for the usual Slipknot intro song because <laughs> nothing like nothing says let's get ready to wrestle like going from Sinatra to Slipknot. I mean that I, I you know what I say it is because uh, wrestling could be very Sinatra and it could be very Slipknot. Whatever you say, big dog. That's me. Uh, we go to the ring and Damian Priest is already in the ring. That wow! I just really, he got the geek entrance to take over and on the go home show. He doesn't need the fire. He does. It's like. He's, dude's a superstar. He needs, he, like, his entrance is a big part of what he does. It's like if Taker was just in the ring. Yeah, you're right. But Leon Ruff comes out, and there comes Legato del Fantasma. Ruff convinced Priest to let him start. 
Santos Escobar proceeds to beat the shit out of him. Mendoza tags in, but Ruff hits a <coughs> drop kick for a two count. Um, Ruff eats a knee to the face that rocks him into the corner. Priest tags himself in. Escobar immediately tags out, uh, which I loved. I loved. I love a good chicken shit heel. Uh, Mendoza comes in, and Legado del Fantasma gains control when Ghostface distracts Damien Priest. Ruff tags back in, hits a nice comeback on Mendoza and Escobar. Uh, Priest then tags back in because, you know, WWE tag team partners can never get along. Um, Priest cleans house. Ruff once again tags himself in, hits a splash for the win. I enjoyed it. Yeah, just fine. Should mention Gargano is on commentary being Gargano, which is always fun. Um, up next, August Gray taking on Cameron Grimes. Um, so Grimes brought his own strap with him, which will come into play at War Games. Although it really didn't mean anything, so I don't... The strap, and I thought he was going to win. Yeah, I, th- I, thought I, thought that... he, I thought he would gimmick it up a little so he yes, could get out of it. Yes, That's what I thought but was going to happen. Nothing. It was just another strap. But I think that's even funnier, because he just wanted to use his strap. <laughs> you know what? I'll <laughs> give it to you. So Grimes uh, taunted Gray. He, he could have beat him multiple times, but he kept inflicting more pain. Um, Gray makes a comeback, crossbody for a two count, but then Grimes hits the cave-in for the win. Uh, Love Lu- that move. It's a great move. Dexter Loomis arrives and took uh, Grimes out with his own strap. Just a lot of own straps on it. A lot of strap-ons. Yep. Up next, Jake Atlas for Tony Nese. Way to know sell that. Um, Jake Atlas dedicated the match to Pat Patterson, and then Tony Nese immediately takes control. <laughs> Atlas turns things around, hits a suicide dive, goes to the top, but Tony Nese hits him with a jumping knee. Uh, Nice lifts him for a torture rack, but Atlas fights back, hits a release German, spinning forearm, and then he eventually hits his cartwheel DDT for the win. Nice match. Um, Atlas cuts a promo, saying his win is just the beginning, and, you know, it was what it was. It was good. He wins and loses. That's what he does. Up next, Pat McAfee and his wacky group comes to the ring to cut a promo on the Undisputed Era. Um, McAfee was a great heel. Shocker. No surprise there. But what is a surprise is whenever Rise shows up to battle the grizzled young veterans, Imperium comes out and attacks Ever Rise first, um, and then the this led to an Ever Rise versus Grizzly Young Vets match instead. I mean, uh, Imperium versus Grizzly Young Vets match. Excuse me. Eichner and Gibson start. Imperium gets the upper hand. Double teams Gibson before James Drake gets the tag. Two teams go back and forth. They go to break, and then when we come back, Gibson and Drake have control. Martel eventually hits a rough side slam, uh, hits a side slam for a two count. They both make tags. Um, Bartel hit an impressive suplex. Eichner comes in, takes out both opponents. Huge dive to the floor, but Everize attacks both teams for the DQ because Everize rules. They are in control. They are always in control. And they want to know who's in charge. <laughs> who's in charge around here? Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel Gonzalez for the War Games advantage. Gonzalez takes control immediately. Uh, using her size to her advantage. Blackheart uh, keeps herself in the fight, but then it uh, uses the ladder to take control. She kicks the ladder into Raquel's face. Uh, Raquel picks her up and uh, drops her hard, but Blackheart gets back on offense. Uh, Blackheart had a coffin drop. I'm sure she'll have a cease and desist from Darby Allen coming in the mail. Um, Blackheart and Gonzalez do a scary-looking DDT in the apron. Uh, Blackheart pushes over a ladder to prevent uh, Gonzalez from winning. Gonzalez goes face first into the ladder in the corner. 
Uh, Blackheart hits a nasty-looking senton on the floor. Then it becomes a big schmoz. All the women in war games come out. Io Shirai eventually stops Gonzalez from winning. Takes up her night with a moonsault. Blackheart climbs the ladder to get the briefcase. Remember last week how I said, gee, maybe they should give the babyfaces the advantage to see how they'd book it. Yeah. Well, they fucked up. They shouldn't have done that. You're right. As we'll get into yep. in our next segment, talking about war games. But before we get there, give me your MVPs and your better show for the night. AEW is a better show, but it did not live up to the winter is coming. Like, for some reason, this big planned episode of Raw, or big episode of AEW. So, does, so we're talking about what winter is coming could mean. So, apparently, Impact's invading, and Sting showed up. Does that have any connotation to Game of Thrones? I mean, a lot of things that happened to Game of Thrones made my heart sting. But... Okay. But, no, I just I think it's interesting. So, this is revealed, Tony Khan doesn't watch the show either. Yeah, which I no. don't believe him for a fucking second. Why? He's a geek, dude. He, he has two full. He has three full time jobs. He's AEW, the Jags, and Fulham. When the yeah, fuck? Yeah, does he yeah. Have time Fulham to watch is going to get regulated. The Jags haven't been good ever. Regulated? And, yeah. You mean relegated? Relegated, regulated. I mean, I am related to Warren G. Harding, and Warren no, G. came out with that song. No, you're not. I am actually. I don't believe you. I can prove it. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> but AEW is the better show. Uh, my NXT MVP is. Cameron Grimes, just for the beautiful hit on the uh, cave-in. My AEW MVP is uh, Sting. Just happy to see him. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of someone. You know what? No, my AEW MVP is Powerhouse Hobbs and whoever booked that match. I'm not copping out of that one. Probably Cody. My overall M- Yeah, had to be Cody. My overall MVP is Don Callis for brokering a, is broke for brokering a possible promotion-saving move. Don't think it gets any more valuable than that. Yeah. I'm also going AEW. My NXT MVP is Everize because... They're in charge. No, Everize rules. Yes. My AEW MVP, I am going with... Uh, I also... I mean, how do you not go with Sting? I think Sting and Callis, like, you, if you picked anyone else... I mean, you picked Hobbs, which is fair. But I think Sting and Callis have to be the two answers. So Sting's my AEW MVP. Callis is my overall MVP. And we will be right back to discuss... Give me your best Regal War Games. War Games! Actually, it wasn't bad. I know. I'm just kind of happy with myself. War Games, coming up. So, NXT TakeOver War Games took place last night. Or two nights ago. Or where the hell are you listening to it? It took place on December 6th, 2020. At the Capitol Wrestling Center, which is located inside of the WWE Performance Center, which is located in Orlando, Florida. Which is inside the United States, which is inside Earth, which is inside the Milky Way, which is inside the universe. Which is inside the WWE Universe. Everything in the WWE Universe. So, shall we start with the Women's War Games match? We shall. Team Blackheart versus Team Candice. So... We have Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae taking on Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Ember Moon, and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, Shotzi comes out with a new tank that all four women on her team pose with. It shoots something out of a cannon, but I wasn't sure what it shot. It was just a very pointed object. Yes, I. I it was red and pointed. Very satisfying. Oh. Did it, is that not what it looked like? Yeah. <laughs> so, Blackheart's team, of course, had the advantage. Moon and Kai start, and this first five minutes was, they were going a million miles per hour. They were fucking going and going like the Energizer Bunny. I do, and there was one spot in here that particularly stands out to me is when she hit the double 
the under the second the second rope crossbody. Yeah. Into Gonzalez into the cage. It just looked fucking brutal. Yeah. And that looked like it hurt a lot. So up next, Shotzi Blackheart comes out. She immediately grabs a toolbox because that always works out well. You know, baby faces with weapons. And then Raquel Gonzalez comes out next. Rhea Ripley then enters the match. And uh, Ripley hits a pump kick, a pair of clotheslines, and a drop kick to poor Dakota Kai and Gonzalez. She is a goddamn fucking superstar. Then Ripley opens the toolbox, and she retrieves a very small mallet that would make Bray Wyatt blush. Yeah, very, 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 very happy. Um... So then Tony Storm enters to even it up for the heels. And you know, just classic wrestling psychology. And uh, comes armed with kendo sticks. She pulls off two turnbuckle pads and beats Ripley with the stick. She whips Ripley into the exposed turnbuckle. And then uh, we get our typical Tower of Doom spot because you always need one of those in one of these matches. It's been always the same one, and everybody's been in the same place. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's always Rhea Ripley, and 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 which uh, Ember screamed the countdown to do it. Yeah, oh yeah, Ember. <laughs> Ember she's was like, oh, she's three, two, one, go. She, <laughs> she, she really did. She she called that spot like a motherfucker, <laughs> and it probably wouldn't have been as bad if it was like an arena full of fans. But you only got like a hundred. She's seen it. She's seen it. That shit up. Yeah. And up next, Io Shirai comes and retrieves a ladder. When you said, "Why does she have a ladder?" and tell the people what I told you. Tony said that she's going to jump out of the arena and turn heel. Not quite what I said, but thanks for paraphrasing. No, and I will give you credit here because your mind thinks like nobody else's. You're like, because you were the figure guy. You said their place that just came out with the ladder, so that I guarantee that's why. And which we found out later, they were just they were just gimmicking the playset. That's why they had this pay per view to yeah. sell that. Pl- I'm d- and you think I'm joking, but no, I I, I don't think you're joking at all. War Games is usually the week before Survivor Series. They decided not the day before Survivor Series, excuse me, and they decided not to do it this year. And then there are War Games playsets retail, and what do you know? We have a fucking War Games pay per view. Yeah. Probably had no choice in the matter, <laughs> and like. It's the same thing. And they decide to release an ambulance, and so Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton have an ambulance match for no other reason. But anyway, I digress. Um, I'm glad we got War Games, though. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to have one complaint about it later. Um, so where was I? Uh, yeah. So EO brings a ladder. And this, this is the only time I enjoyed the babyfaces having the advantage. Because uh, I really liked Raquel holding her out. It's the only thing that made sense. But did it? I mean, it made sense, but it makes as much sense for what's about to happen. So, like you said, Raquel prevents Io from entering. She uh, kicks the door back into her face and knocks her off the apron. Um, Lorray then comes out and comes face to face with Io Shirai, but then a wild Indy Hartwell appears, and this is where production fucked all this up because Indy Hartwell had the key, and I think she put the key down her shirt. But then we never got any follow up with the key. Yeah, you're saying you want to come get it. Yeah, so, but like we, but like we was, didn't see what happened. It was weird. Yeah, and Drake Wirtz is not getting any more bad press, so he was going to leave it alone. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> so uh, she locks the door, locking Shirai out. Oh my God, hell, is she ever get in this cage without a roof? How will the genius of <laughs> oh, the, the sky? genius of this guy get in the cage? And if your answer was by putting a trash can over her head, you are somehow correct. 
because Io Shirai climbs to the top of the cage with a trash can that conveniently has a nice little strap she could put around her wrist. Wonder where they found that trash can at. I wish my trash can had one of those. Make it easier to carry the garbage out. It's the most indie spot I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this spot. I wasn't either. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of this match. So I thought this match was the best match in the show, but we'll get there. Um, so Io puts the uh, trash can on her head and dives onto all seven other women. So we know, like, the waiting around for a dive is my least favorite spot on the planet. Like, hey, let's all just get in a big group and punch each other instead of spreading out in these two rings. We have we need we we don't have enough room. There's only two rings. We'll need this conversation later as well. We need World War Three where there was three rings. Yeah, that'll be that's what we need. NXT Takeover World War Three. <laughs> that's the last thing we need. I can't think of a worse thing that we need than NXT Takeover World War Three. Is it bad that I like the World War Three concept? No, but we just don't need one. I didn't think they'd fit that fucking cage in the CWC. We get a fucking extra ring in there. You're right. Anyway, we are getting so off topic, but. So the baby faces all come together. They, uh, they all punish the heels. Shirai hits a moonsault to Gonzalez. Uh, Larray breaks up the pin. Blackheart and Moon trap Storm in a double submission, but once again, Larray's there to break it up. Blackheart gets a kendo stick and starts going to work, but then Dakota Kai waffles her with a chair. Um, then she hits the spot of the match. She climbs to the top rope, and Shirai's on the ground once again with her trash can on her head. And I don't know how Dakota Kai did not murder her with this double stomp. Oh, she killed her. Holy shit. That was brutal. Um, then, when you thought that wasn't brutal enough, Ember Moon hits the eclipse of all eclipses on the two chairs. That looked like it sucked. It would have broke Brian Pillman's windpipe. <laughs> Tony, Storm breaks. Tony Storm delivers the Storm Zero to Moon on a trash can, but Shirai recovers and breaks it up. Lorey wipe, uh, was wiped out by Ripley. Wiped out Ripley, excuse me, but then gets knocked off a ladder. Um, Shotzi hits a brutal senton back, but Larray gets the chair up to protect her. Um, Shirai hits a moonsault on Nakai, but Tony Storm spears Ripley into the champion, breaking the pit up. Shirai goes for a They've head... done that spot in every single War Games match. They've done that spot in every single multi-person match ever. Yeah. Um, Shirai goes for a head scissors on Gonzalez, but Gonzalez power bombs her through a ladder and pins Io Shirai. I guess we know who the next challenger for the NXT Women's Championship was. Listen, a couple things. Go, you go first. A couple things. One, I liked it. There was a lot to like. A lot to not like. But I'll, we'll make a point later and I'll see. But in getting rid of this, that, I'll, that I, I will see if you agree with. Second, she didn't have the pinio. Well, if she's the next challenger, she did, wasn't. She's not ready. But that's not that's a That's a different discussion. Yeah, that's a, that's a different discussion. Welcome to the party, Raquel Gonzalez? Maybe? She did a good performance. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, and obviously they see something in her if she's pinning Eo. Yeah. But well, I mean, look at her, dude. Yeah. I, not many people, not many women wrestlers look like no. that. And, uh, it was a whole conversation that completely got cut off yeah. about Charlotte, Raquel, Rhea. Rhea. There's not a whole lot of women that look like that. There's no one that looks like Rhea. Rhea's Fair a, enough. Rhea's a shooting star. Fair enough. But, uh, this was good, I guess. I think it kind of, I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I'm going to go to a point later that... We'll explain this point. I, I will say, the psychology up until All Eight Women got in, bass-ackwards, awful the shits. But once All Eight Women got in, don't get me wrong, this was a car crash match. And if you don't like car crash matches, you're not going to like this match. But 
I thought the action was just unbelievable once all eight women got in. No, it was. There were good. like five different spots that I've never seen before. That the I eclipse loved. was nasty. The double stomp that I don't. I really don't know how Eo was walking. Like, and Eo couldn't even like see it coming to protect herself. Like she just trusted. That had to be yeah. That, she it, just trusted Dakota Kai. Yeah, you know what? Go on Dakota Kai for not hurting her. Yeah, and making it look like she murdered her because yeah. I I don't know how she didn't hurt her. The eclipse was crazy. Um... Shotzi Senton, there was just I love this match. This is my favorite match in the show, and if you disagree, that's that's understandable. I don't I don't disagree, but I just will get to my point later. Okay, it's a point I have to make later, and we will get there. So now, let us move on to Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher. Um, first off, I gotta say, when they signed Thatcher, I was skeptical because I didn't know how he would adapt to the quote unquote WWE style. Because he's adapting they- by not adapting. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah. He's, he's wearing black trunks and black boots. Well, Stone Cold did that, too. Yeah. But I, Thatcher has worked out very well, and like you said, I think it's because they're letting Thatcher be Thatcher. Yeah. Um, he's going out there, he's having... And I never thought Thatcher would be as, like, good of a promo as he's been with his little school things. He's, he's a different promo. Yeah. He's not... He's, he's a different kind of promo. Um... So Ciampa got control early, Thatcher turns it into a joint manipulation match... He was working on Ciampa's throat, which is, the commentators brought up a good point. That's where the doctors entered when they fixed his neck. They entered through the throat, and Thatcher was working on the See throat. See little things commentary can make? That's, that's, that's I, I gotta say, that's something I don't think I've seen before. No. A guy working over the throat. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it's illegal. The entrance but, wound. Yeah. The, the entrance, you're right, the entrance wound. Um, Ciampa mounts a comeback, but then Thatcher slaps him in, right in the side of the throat. Um, they were throwing rights and lefts at each other. Live rounds, too. Yeah. Somehow, Thatcher's ear was like a bloody fucking mess. Shout out, uh, Mike, uh, Evander Holyfield and Mick Foley. Somehow Thatcher bleeds in all of his mashes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a fucking Brit. He's from Sacramento. Yeah, We've been... Basically Britain. <laughs> like, what? Um, he's from Sacramento, fuck you. Your wow. Kings. King should have won a 2002 from championship. So Thatcher gets a superplex off the top rope. Fight spills uh, out to the floor, and then Champa gets a headlock, and then this is where blood starts pouring from Thatcher's ear. Thatcher at the side suplex, and then a German. Thatcher, his facials are so good for someone who hasn't really worked on TV a he lot. Does pain facials well. Everything like just his maniacal like yeah. look at the camera is great. The blood helped. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some as as uh, they like to call it fortuitous juice. Um, Thatcher tries getting back in the ring, but Ciampa catches him at Willow's Bell out of nowhere and, uh, pins him for the win. And then the two kind of just stare at each other and I don't know. We'll see. I wanted them to either shake hands or keep beating each other's ass or like maybe they will be a tag team now. It seems like they beat respect into each other. Yeah. Uh, I had an idea where this was going to go last night, but I forgot it. <laughs> Good job. They're not done with each other though. Definitely not done with One way or another, whether they're going to be partners or keep fighting, they're, they're, I agree, they're not done with each other. Um, yeah, I, I, it's not that I thought this match would be bad. I just didn't really have any expectations for it, so it kind of, so kind automatically of, it exceeded my it's expectations. It's kind of the Brian Gulak thing. I don't know. Like, you, you don't have any spectacular expectations of it, but... You knew it was going to be good. You just didn't expect it to be that good. When you put it that way, that's fair. Because yeah. that was awesome. That was a fucking battle. Up next, the strap match, which you liked a hell of a lot more than I did. I Watch it again. I will. 
Watch, watch it again. Dexter Loomis takes on Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes comes out. He says he will not use the official strap. He'll only use my strap. Then the referee asks Loomis if he has a problem with that. Loomis says nothing. Loomis just stares at him. So the ref goes, he has no problem with that. I don't know how he came to that. I thing. love that ref. He's my favorite ref. He's a zombie ref. Yeah. Um, so Grimes got the jump early, attacking Loomis before he could even be attached to the strap. Um, they brawl in the ringside area. But then Loomis overwhelms him and then straps himself in, and the bell finally rings. Um, he then sends Grimes fucking flying, uh, crashing in the guardrail. Grimes is bumping like a madman all over the place. They both bumped like fucking Shawn um, Michaels. Loomis gets sent in the same guardrail, and then uh, Grimes uses the strap to flip him over the guardrail onto the floor. That was beautiful. Grimes, that, Grimes I mean, uh, Loomis got like... Eight feet in the air. Was, yeah, I don't know if it was the camera angle that I, made it I look think that, it was. I think it that was. made it look that good. I think it but was. whatever it was, it was the right camera angle. They, like, it made it look they shot it from like the floor looking yeah, up. Yeah, it made it look great. Yeah. And he just bumped me. I just, two good wrestlers. Like, I, want you, I really, really want you to watch this match again. So then Grimes pulls out a blindfold. Um, then Loomis, Loomis hits a spine buster out of nowhere. He has the best spine buster in wrestling. He ties Grimes up to the uh, War Games, like, corner post gimmick deal. I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it's like a big, it's a steel column. Yeah. Um, Grimes pulls Loomis into it, though, which admittedly was a great spot. He then pulls out a chair, hits Loomis across the back with it. Um, Loomis hits a fallaway slam. And then uh, Grimes counters a silence, only to be tripped into a steel chair using the strap. Once again, great spot. Watch it. It's awesome. And then uh, he finally locks in the silence for the win. Listen, the action was great. I just think, I don't know, it just didn't do anything for him. And the, I love... The build could have been better. The build could have been I love both guys. Yeah, the build, the build could have been better, but I'm just... The match itself, I thought was. Very I'm not good. sure there are two bigger Cameron Grimes guys on the planet more than us. Like I I'm, want, I want you to rewatch this match. I will. That's, I will. That's your homework because it's I I and just look for the shit because I just thought it was very good, very good performance by both guys. So, I just this exceeded my expectations. So up next we have a Finn Balor video. He says Wednesday he will be back again, and then we get a promo for Sting. A, no, we're not. A, we're not a carrying yet. We're at the New Year's Evil promo. On January 6, 2021, NXT will be presenting New Year's Evil. And I'm like, huh. NXT usually takes all their names from WCW. This is weird that they're calling it this. But then I'm like, oh, shit. What was the Bischoff thing where he was going to have Kiss play a New Year's called? New Year's Evil. Well, you son of a bitch, Triple H. You did it again. Do you think, the all, do you think only one person in the world would have that love for bad WCW wrestling? And he's on the other channel. And- and uh, he's on the other channel. Up next, a match that exceeded my expectations. Although, there is, I will have a complaint about this match, too. <laughs> Leon Ruff taking on Damian Priest, taking on Johnny Gargano on a triple threat. Once again, Damian Priest gets his jobber entrance. Gargano comes out in Brown's gear, and then Leon Ruff comes out. So Ruff uses his speed and agility. Uh, he fends off Gargano, evades Priest. Priest uh, then tosses Ruff to the side and starts attacking Gargano. Uh... Ruff hits a missile drop kick to both men, but Priest hits a choke slam on Ruff. Gargano breaks it up, and then uh, he teams up with Leon Ruff to get rid of Damian Priest. Gargano hits a suicide dive on uh, Priest. He tells Ruff to hit one, but I love this spot I where, he, where he, he just speared got him, where he got on the apron and speared him in, in, uh, instead. Great spot, but Ruff kicks out. Um, Ruff. 
keeps getting it between uh, Gargano and uh, Priest fighting. He, he was a fly. And this pisses Priest off. So he razors edges him through the guardrail. Don't apologize. And he did. He said, sorry, Leon. Um, trainers help Ruff to the back, leaving Gargano and Priest one-on-one. Uh, Ruff eventually comes back as both men are down. He hits a top rope splash and a springboard twisting cutter, which looked really good to Gargano. Uh, he gets several near falls. All of a sudden, Priest gets back up and hits him with a big boot. He hits a flatliner on Ruff and Gargano at the same time. Um, Gargano sends Priest in the turnbuckle and then ties him into the ropes of the other ring, which was another like really creative spot. Gargano hits the Gargano escape, but Priest gets out and uh, breaks up the submission. Then, an army of Ghostface come out, and this is my this is what I have a problem with. Now, if they would have done a vignette of Johnny Gargano like recruiting Ghostface, I would it would have been not first of all it would have been hysterical, and second of all I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But like, Gargano is this like dick that cares about nobody but himself, and like even like he talks shit on Indy Hartwell until she gets him a TV. So like, how would he get all these Ghostface to help him? Like it's just a logic hole, yeah. and I don't know. Once again, wrestling logic, but. Not exactly, but Not, you could make the thing is you could make it make sense, but yeah. you don't. Um, so Priest is doing top rope dives onto all of the ghost faces, which admittedly was awesome. And then finally, one more ghost face comes up, blasts uh, significantly bigger than the other ones, <laughs> blasts uh, Priest with a pipe. Gargano then finishes off Rough with the one final beat DDT and pins him to become the first ever three time North American champion. Broke his own record, and. I will say, I like the match. I like that Leon Ruff got some shine, and I love that they didn't pin Priest. Yes, that's, that's, you know, that's good. I, I was real worried they were going to pin Priest there for a minute. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, I think one of us, or either both of us said, I can see Davian Priest made a bending at WrestleMania one day. No doubt. Yeah, And no doubt. so I just, you can't do that to him. Do you think, uh, is, does Priest still have some more unfinished business on NXT, or does he go to the main <sighs> roster? I mean, if he's never going to get the title, just send him to the main roster. Yeah, if he, I, I tend to agree. He, they can use some fresh blood. Somebody, somebody can, somebody new could be in a retribution. I don't know. Now we get, now we get a uh, Karrion Cross promo video where I made the Sting joke, but then I realized the entire internet made it, and I no longer <laughs> felt special. <laughs> Honestly, I received it, and I, I literally logged on Twitter to see people were saying not to disband you in any way. Like the first five tweets, yeah, I'm, I know we're all the same. I know <laughs> we're all the same Sting joke. Then uh, the commentators are playing with the War Games playset, as we talked about before. Uh, gotta love that product placement. Now, main event time, Undisputed Era versus Team McAfee. So O'Reilly, Dun- O'Reilly and Dunn start, and it was awesome. Genius. First of all, right two people to put in. Yeah. Uh, I put a tweet out that Kyle O'Reilly is the most underrated wrestler on the planet, and I thoroughly believe that. Yeah. Uh, this was the action of this. this. I will say this before this, before we get talking to the get into the real meat and potatoes of this. This was a tale of three matches. Yeah. This is a tale of three matches. This this match was... So the first War Games match was the car crash match. This one was the psychology match. Yeah, and then with some car crash. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think four of, the guy, four of the eight guys in it are injured. Yeah, don't get uh, me wrong. Uh, there, was still some, there was still a yeah. lot of physicality in this match. But, god damn, I was so fucking revved up watching O'Reilly and Dunn do it. So shall we go through it? What shall? I'm excited because I'm going to make some points. So O'Reilly and Dunn start. A lot of reversing, countering, grappling, chain wrestling. Just great. It was great. Uh, Dunn hits a stiff kick to the back and then starts working on them joints. 
Um, Bruiserweight uh, brings him down and tries to stomp on the arm, but O'Reilly counters it into a heel hook. I'm going to kick this face off. Oni Larkin is the next man in for the heels, who have the man advantage. Larkin and Dunn double-team O'Reilly, then Bobby Fish comes out. Um, then the odds are even, undisputed, you know, typical war game shit. The fresh man always runs wild until the next guy comes in. Yeah. And Birch is next in, who is running like he was wearing heels. And talking shit at the same time. This might have been my favorite part of the match, because Birch pulled out a cricket bat. And I thought it was a pool kill. I thought it was going to be a pool kill. Pool, pool kill. What else would the British brawler pull out other than a cricket bat? The Brits don't play cricket, do they? Yeah. I mean, it's not as big as it is in Australia, but I thought, it's like, like, I thought it was like an India, India, India yeah. Australia thing. Yeah. No, England, I think it was invented in England. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, England had a pretty big grasp on this well, yeah, they world kinda, at one point. Uh, fair enough. The sun never set on the British Empire, you know? Fair enough. <coughs> they say all the Australians are, are British prisoners, so. Yeah, that's all they are. Um, Hear that, buddy, you fucking weirdo? Leave Murphy out of this. Santa Rhea Ripley's face. See what she does, yeah. No. I'm more scared of Rhea Ripley than I have a buddy. That's fair. I mean, that's... And both sheep herders. Well, I, I don't know if you'd say that back in the 70s and they were doing death matches. Yeah, I gotta find some of that tape. I don't know where to find it. Um, then, anyway, Birch pulls out a cricket bat and starts talking shit about how he's better at cricket than Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> you know what? I'm willing to bet he's right. <laughs> you ever watch a cricket game? No. The stupidest fucking sport you'll ever see. Would you want to watch a sport? Would you pay to go see a sport where one game could last five minutes or two fucking weeks? I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's how cricket goes. Out of curiosity, I probably would. This, this, you can literally go up, get your little stupid English beer and your awful English food, and uh, sit there. And, the, and, and one, uh, also a hurl. They call it a hurl instead of a pitch. Uh, and he throws, it like a, he throws it like fucking Helen Keller. And you... They, they, they bounce it up, and they hit it with a flat bat. And these guys, these best athletes I've ever seen in my life, like, pull them a cue ball, like, with no glove. That sounds awesome. And, but, but, like, that sounds if, awesome. If one thing happens on that play, it's over. But there's been games that have gone for weeks. Sudden death, baby. I, I, when, when, I was, uh, when I broke my foot and I was in, like, the, the wee mornings of, of, uh, my, of my gambling addiction, and also on Vicodin, I would bet on cricket. And I literally won... A cricket game days after I placed the bet. <laughs> what do you have against England? You're always shitting on them. They're stupid. Name one thing that good came from England. Wade Barrett. Other than the Beatles and Wade Barrett, they came from England. Their food's terrible. I like fish and chips. You like American version of fish and chips. Well, I've never been to fucking England, so how would I know? But yeah, name another English food, because I'll tell you why. They're terrible. You know what their idea of lunch is? One little square of cucumbers. I like cucumbers a lot, actually. Would you eat cucumbers? And they have tea. Do we put, like, Italian dressing in the cucumbers? No. <laughs> it's just cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> Their food is just terrible. Although, I have read a thing that the, the, the nightlife scene is bringing some culture to England. <laughs> I like the Premier League. It's another thing. Soccer. Football. Soccer. I'm not going to argue with you about this. I, I love America. If they, wanted, if they wanted to call it football, they would have won the fucking Revolutionary War. <laughs> was American football even invented at that point? I don't think it was. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think it was. But soccer was. I know. So, like, what's... So, so I, listen, American football is the best sport in the world. You will it's not, the best sport ever. You will not convince me otherwise. But I think it's pretty clear we stole the name and, like, we Yeah, can't... no, we did. But, you know, you know what we pay for it? We're never going to World the World Cup, so that's 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 what we pay for it. Fair enough. I hate soccer, and I love the World Cup. That that sounds like ninety percent of Americans. Yeah, 
And you know what? Good, because we have actual football. Hand egg. What? Hand egg. What is hand egg? That's what the. Oh yeah, that's what the British yeah. call it. Just to be dicks. <laughs> You're telling me you like these people? I don't dislike them. Oh my god. I like them. I'm not gonna. Lie. I like Britons. <laughs> You're gonna fold me. I, I just. I just don't like Britain. All right. So I hate the British bulldog. So after, what the fuck, dude? Nothing. So anyway, after that five-minute soliloquy about you and that started with cricket. I hate cricket. <laughs> you, you just, just wa- Although I do occasionally YouTube greatest cricket catches because they're like I'm not kidding you. A guy will run and it looks like he's a fucking superhero, and he will run and it's legitimately. You know what, you know what a bocce ball is? Yeah. Think that size. I've seen I've I've, and I've seen like highlights of cricket. We'll just run up. It's like, it's like the baseball scene in Twilight. It's I, ridiculous. I've, I've seen cricket before. You don't have to describe it to me like I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, I'll fight Danny Birch over it. But continue. You know what you sounded like during that whole rant? Heel Gargano. I will take that as a compliment. That's what you sounded like. Did my face get all warped? Because I hopefully my face not warped. It's pretty fucking disgusting. No. All, all right. right, continue. All right, so anyway, McAfee enters as the fourth and final member of his team. He grabs personalized tables with the Undisputed Era's name on each one. I have one problem with it. What? I wish they had nicknames for them. Fair enough. I wish, like, they, what McAfee calls them. But then when Bobby Fish was fucked up halfway through the match, you wouldn't know which one he had to spear the guy through. <laughs> I don't want to know where that happened. I'm going to rewatch that, because he just had no clue where he was. Um, I, guess, I guess what got busted open was his elbow, by the way. That's... Okay. that's uh, so anyway, he gra- and he grabbed some chairs as well. Wade Barrett had the line of the night when he said he combines the athleticism of Seth Rollins with the hateability of The Miz. He's not wrong. <laughs> uh, also, um, Wade Barrett proves he's never watched an actual football game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he called McAfee the dirtiest player in the NFL. He called one of the dirtiest players in NFL history. Does he, not know who, does he not know who Vontez Burfecht is? I, you know what? I know he doesn't know who Vontez Burfecht is. Does he not know is. what the punter is? They're in Orlando. Does he know Warren, Sa- Warren Sapp? I don't know. That's Tampa, bud. Yeah, but that's Florida. It's all Florida. Meth, it, it's two cities, meth, gators, another city. Like, you know, I, it's not... I, I think they call it the hurler in England. Not it the is punter. The but, but he's a punter. If they, I, I want to see a dirty punter. What does that look like? I, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, Cole gets in the match. They try not to let him in, but he pulls out the fire extinguisher and sprays it into the heels' faces, which I know you hate. I loved it. He needed to take advantage. They were all there waiting for him. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. But it, it made sense here. I know. He fired off rights and lefts it done and then counters a bitter end into a DDT. Came in hot. McAfee hits a cheap shot and we look like, uh, and it looks like we will finally see Cole and McAfee go at it. But then O'Reilly comes in and lays a trap and then they beat down McAfee. Crushed him with a chair, um, I think, at this point. Yeah. Pat McAfee locks in a figure four. It did not look good, but it was better than the Miz's figure four. Um, Cole reverses it. It reverses the pressure, which is bullshit. You ever do that? You ever, it just makes the fucking figure four hurt more. <laughs> Although I kind of like that story. It's a though. sham. I kind of like that story. Um, but the heels break it up. Um, Cole and Dunn go at it in like a nice little five-minute showcase, which is great. Um, so then they try to powerbomb Dunn and Birch through a table. It fails, so Roderick Strong jumps off the top rope to finish the job. Uh, then Cole... Then we have the bump. Cole and McAfee are brawling on the top rope, and Cole shoves McAfee, and he somehow manages to go up. <laughs> I've never seen someone get shoved and go up. McAfee goes flying through the air, flailing his arms, and crashes through the table. It was awesome. <laughs> 
It was spectacular. <coughs> I loved it. You know, it it takes a lot of awareness too. I think that table's just a tad too far away. Yeah, for for that to happen. That's probably why he went up. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then we have Lorkin, Dunn, and Burke sandwiched between the ropes and the cage. Undisputed hit uh, elbows, knees, and super kicks to all of them. Um, and then they all tee off on McAfee. We finally get to see McAfee get his. But then the other heels finally recover and fight off the baby faces. So now this turns into the car crash. Um, all men are brawling next to each other like in the women's match. And then a wild McAfee appears on top of the cage. He delivers a Sauntan bomb. And in this match, with seven men standing in a pile, exactly zero people managed to catch the non-wrestler Pat McAfee. That was bad times. <laughs> I, he, he has to be hurting today. His yeah. tailbone has to be hurting. He did not. He went splat. I'm actually, I give him a lot of credit for getting back up. Yeah. For taking a bump like, the, oh my God, did he just, oh. Because I, I think this is the point where Bobby Fish was apparently injured. Kyle O'Reilly just going to ask the bunk. I just are now Pat's dead. Yeah. So, like, that's just... It, Mingya. So, now O'Reilly and Dunn are brawling. And, uh... Then Dunn hits the bitter end for a near fall. O'Reilly hits a brain buster onto the steel connector that connects the rings. That looks fucking brutal. Um, McAfee knocked O'Reilly off the top rope with a chill, steel chair shot to the leg. Cole goes to attempt a steel chair shot to McAfee's head, but McAfee t- uh, low blows him. Uh, he goes for the punt, but Cole recovers and hits him with a bicycle kick. McAfee tries to for a Panama Sunrise, but Cole f- hits him with a midair super kick and then hits a Panama Sunrise of his own, but Pat McAfee kicks out. Not a fan of that. But, I, like, what I don't I understand. I wasn't at first, but then I realized the Panama Sunrise has beaten exactly zero people in NXT. Oh, really? He always hits the last shot after. Well, it beat him. Well, yeah, it beat Pat, yeah. but Pat's been training. Fair. Pat's been training. He's, he, that was August. This is now December. So Cole goes to the last shot, which misses. Uh, and then the action breaks down again. O'Reilly hits a knee drop onto a steel chair onto the face of Oni Lorcan, which fucked up his face, rose enough to keep him down and get the win for the Undisputed Era. I thought it was very good. thought the beginning was very, 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 very good. I thought the middle lost itself, but that kind of happens in these matches. And I thought the end was very good. So this might be an unpopular opinion, but and I'm all for equality. Are you really making the point I was going to make? I think two War Games matches are too I much agree. for, for, I, for that, Remember I said I'm going to say something later? Yeah. That's the, what I was going to say. I just think there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And... Save it. Let one be the women's. Yeah. Let, let one. Let one be the, like. I just think there only needs to be one. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. 100%. Well, let's do do one in the summer, one in the one in the winter. See, I, I even then I think it bastardizes it. I just think one a year. If the women have the hotter storyline, give it to them. If the men have the hotter storyline, give it to them. Yeah. Like, which one would you give it to this time? So I like the women's match more, but the story was really between Candice and Shotzi, and everyone else was just kind of there. Yeah. The men's. You know, it was between Pat and his group and Undisputed Era. Yeah. So it would have made sense for them to have the War Games. That's literally the point I was going to make. I agree with you 100%. There's only so many spots you can do. Yeah. Like, if if, if McAfee, if EO didn't do what she did, McAfee's, that big bump would have been more, meant more. I still think it meant a lot because the dude's not a wrestler. Yeah. No, I mean, he, trust me, I think he got some handshakes backstage. Yeah. Uh, Probably from Cole himself. I don't know what their real life 
I'm pretty sure they're cool in real life. I don't. I I I think they have to be right. Yeah. If, I, Cole, if Cole's making sure he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. You know. I, I don't think they would put Pat in there with someone who legitimately dislikes him. Yeah. And you know what? I I called it being a war from the beginning, but they did a really good job. Yeah. Starting with that, it's a that's a hell of a story. I'll say what it's a hell of a story from the uh, the appearance on his show to where Cole freaked out and to now. Yeah. And we'll, I, I want to know where everything goes from. We'll here. see what happens and beyond. We'll see what happens. Because I think we'll get Pat for at least one or two more weeks. I suspect he may take some time off to sell the War Games injuries. Yeah. But I, I don't think we've seen the last of him by any means. But he could come out in, like, with an, in a wheelchair on he could. Wednesday. You know? He could. Be, be hilarious. He could pull that off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's War Games. Uh, great. Uh, a. I'm going to go A-. minus. A-? minus. Yeah. Same. Same deal. Um, where did you, you rank it in terms of takeovers? Top 10? I think it was the best war games takeover. Complete the, com, top to bottom. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Which one else you put on it? 2018. What else was on that show? Uh, we had the great war games match. We had Dream and Champa. That match was awesome. We had Gargano and Alistair. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so right behind that one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd probably right behind that one. I think this was the best takeover of 2020. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like 31, to be honest with you. So did I, but... I thought this one was just a smidge better. Yeah. There wasn't a bad match on this show. Yeah. No pedophiles. Well, theory. P- potentially. In theory, he's not a pedophile. That's true. There, there's, there's not a ton of evidence, but I don't know. Believe women. Yeah, I agree. But I just, I like, they, there's been 32 good takeovers, so I, I can't really. Yeah, for you sure. Know, I can't even think of what the worst one would be. I'm sure if I thought about it, I'd, I'd be able to figure Probably one of the earlier ones. I see, yeah, I see one of the earlier But Philly, Philly wasn't good, but Philly had the best take. Philly had the best one, best yeah, takeover I, match of Alistair all time. and Cole was really good, and of yeah. course the main event was the main event. The main event, I, I still have it as the best, as the best NXT match of all time. Yeah. Maybe because we were there, but... It's definitely, if it's not one, it's definitely two. Yeah. The only one I could think of would, would be Cole and uh, Gargano from 25. Yeah. But all right, well, thank you for listening, for being with us through trials and tribulations today, and we will see you next week. Yeah, stay tuned. Stick around. Peace. Bye.